Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back. I hope you are up to great things and you are accomplishing goals. Hydrating your skin, drinking water, and keeping it real influential-like. We are live at episode 25. I'm trying to make it happen as my year unfolds. I hope you are doing the same. Can you believe February is over? Despite the fact that it's the shortest month of the year, February felt like the longest with its gray skies and unpredictable weather. Regardless of the weather, February has been one blessed month for me. Let me tell you that this month poured blessings on top of blessings. So much so I did not have room enough to receive. I'm talking about unbelievable blessings. Say what now, blessings? And ugly tear blessings, like that ugly tear, like your eyes are red and puffy. Big or small, I'm here for it all. And blessings are given unconditionally with no strings attached. And I was like, to one lady, I was like, what do I owe you? What She said, when I bless you, it blesses me. That made my day so They are offered with the same love that created our existence, God's love. And I felt it. I felt it. You know what? It just tells me that it pays to be kind to people. Smile, say good morning, say good evening. Offer a kind word because you never know what someone is going through and what impact you are leaving on them. Some people say, I don't have the money. Sometimes all I can give is a kind word because I got more month than money. But you never know what encouragement that that person needed to push through the day. This month proved to me what I've already known, that God is faithful and he hears you even when you think he is not listening. Everything that I was worried about, God fixed it. You know how our forefathers say joy comes in the morning and baby, let me tell you something. In the middle of the night, things turned around and by morning, all accounts were settled. Even on yesterday morning, if you know me, I would drive with that car on E until I can't drive it anymore. And I really just went to the gas station to get some gas and some coffee. And I was minding my own business when a gentleman offered to pay for my breakfast and my coffee. And here's the kicker. He didn't want anything in return, not even my phone number, where he said, do you mind if I call you sometime? You know that lame line. Can I call you sometime? No, you don't can't call me at no time. But instead, that man left me with an affirmation of goodness. 
And he said, continue to make a difference in someone's life. Now, go to work and be on time. Oh, man, that meant a lot to me. So now I must pay it forward. And I just want to ask you, when is the last time you blessed someone? That was you demonstrating the presence of God to someone else. A good deed never goes unnoticed. So I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that blessed me this month with your words, monetarily donations, um, man, empowering me. Thank you so much for being so gracious to me. You totally rock. Now, speaking of rocking, we must celebrate those who are celebrating. Can we talk about the Oscars for a moment? The Melanin People blessed the Hostless Award Show with Style Beauty and winners. We were born winners, honey. I grew up watching Regina King as Brenda on 227 and other insignificant roles in Boys in the Hood and Friday. But on Sunday, she graced the stage as an Academy Award winner. Yes, she took home her first ever Oscar for her supporting role in If Bill Street Could Talk. Auntie Oprah tweeted her love and said, God is, in all caps, good. So congrats to Regina King. Congrats is also in order for Ruth E. Carter, American costume designer. Many people don't know her, but she is the lady behind the costumes in Black Panther. So even though she's not a household name, she is a woman of confluence. And there were others, women of confluence, that were winners in my book, such as Cicely Tyson, the legend. Yes, she rocked that red carpet. She rocked it with her feather to the side. Jay Hud, it was good to see her back on the red carpet. And the mother of Hollywood, Miss Jennifer Lewis, graced us with a nice but stately pantsuit. Yes, I love how she dared to be different and stepped outside the box, outside of a gown. In other news, Solange is like, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. She has made Black Planet relevant again by uploading her latest and greatest updates. She has taken over the platform with new songs and videos and such. And I get what she's trying to do. But she went somewhere where I can't go and look because I don't remember the password to get onto that platform. Let alone that is a platform from Black and the Diani. I think the last time I logged into Black Planet, I was in my early 20s. I will not be scrounging in my college book bag. Yes, I still have it for my password. 
I'm going to have to wait to see what she has going on. But I know how you guys will do. You will not let it rest. So I'm pretty sure I'll see it on Instagram or YouTube in a few days. So good luck to lunch and your efforts of trying to be different. I just returned from Chicago from the Power Her Conference. And again, I say I have been blessed this month in so many ways. Besides the cold, listen when I say that that's a different type of cold. That's like that bone chilling, where's your hat, ma'am, cold. But I connected with so many wonderful women. Pam Redwood Harris of SMG Speakers. K-Love, the poet. Emma Green dropped some gems about womanhood. And I met this dope-ass blogger that captured amazing footage and she sprinkled me with black girl magic and i cannot forget about the creator miss asha and tim she and her tribe did an amazing job hosting the first ever empowerment conference and the consensus was there is not much empowerment that's happening in Chi-Town which was very shocking considering the demographic. But there was a day party, a bachelor auctions, workshop, shopping, a gala, and a comedy show. I did a fireside chat at the gala with Pam Redwood Harris of SMG Speakers, and I was definitely blown away. You definitely received your money's worth if you were in attendance. All proceeds benefit the Crystalis program, which helps those girls on the south side of Chicago find self-love, self-worth, and value in their life. I think the Midwest is where it's at. I don't know. I've just been loving some Midwest these days. But anyway, thank you, Asha, and the Power Her team for entrusting me to host and facilitate the gala as well as the love and relationship forum. Child, I know, you know, I know a whole lot about love and relationships. I've been married, single, it's over again, it's complicated, just some bull coin, divorced to a steady and monogamous relationship. Shout out to Boo. I told you I am dedicating the whole month of February to love. And I realized that my brand is transforming. That came to me as I sat and we had this in-depth conversation. And I was like, you know, I am transforming, which is a hallelujah moment for me. First and foremost, transformation is a wonderful thing. I am becoming a butterfly. I am shedding my cocoon to form this beautiful winged creature that will go and pollinate who God has transformed me to be all over the world. We all should be striving to be better. Where I was five years ago is not where I am today. And I realized that that was growth for me. While hosting that panel discussion, which led me to this week's topic, life after divorce. I don't think nobody gets married to get a divorce because you kind of, regardless of how you get into that thing, 
you do want it to work. Marriage is work, but divorce is harder. It's an emotional roller coaster ride that no one wants to ride alone. And it's also hard to adjust to being single again because so many things run through your head like, will I date again? Will I find love again? I remember a time when I was going through my divorce that I did not find anything funny. Nothing was funny to me, not even good jokes. So I wondered, would I ever find laughter again? It is such an overwhelming feeling. But I stopped by to tell you today that there is life after divorce and hope for happiness for the single woman who is enduring this. Yes, women of confluence, there is hope for your happiness again. My guest, she knows firsthand about finding her happy because she's finding her stride. She knows also what this process sounds and feels like she is a mother author speaker and my sister friend that i love dearly ladies of confluence let's whoop it up for dr be real or as i affectionately call her my momo let's whoop it up whoop whoop Moment, Charlie's here. Hey, hey. <laughs> mo, 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 mo. Mo and Charlie's here. Hey, Dr. Be Real. Hello, Charlie Marco. How are you? Charlie Bird. Yes, Charlie Bird. <laughs> I am doing well. How are you? Man, I'm sitting here digesting my last week and trying to see the good, the bad, and take the bitter with the sweet and grow from it and get better. That's what we all should be aspiring to do. All about growth. That's what our life is all about. You know, when I was sitting here thinking about the podcast, you know, I was on a love and relationship panel in Chicago, and I realized the girl that I was five years ago, you know, the brokenhearted redemption chick, she has evolved. And a lot of people want to talk about that life after divorce. And it's a taboo topic. And a lot of people don't like to, you know, dibble and dabble with it. But I was like, who can I talk to that will give me that like, mm-hmm, girl moment <laughs> and keep it 100% real. To help other women who might be going through this same thing. And I immediately thought of my momo. Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so before we jump in, tell people who you are and what you have going on. So I am Mokisha Benford, a.k.a. Dr. Be Real. I um uh, 20-year educator, my mother, single mother of two sons, one in college, ninth grader. So I'll be soon to be empty nester, I'm a professor, um, single, um, divorced. So taking it one day at a time, just trying to 
make the best of this life that I've been given and to be the best best version of myself that I can be. It's a daily walk. Yeah. So I heard you say the D word. Some people think the D word is so ugly. But what do you think divorce really means when you think about the end of your journey in your life right now? So for me, I don't look at divorce as being an ugly thing. Um, Sometimes it's a necessary thing. And I think sometimes it takes more courage uh, to walk away from something that you know isn't serving you well or that just isn't right or maybe you knew that going in and so you you know you stay in trying to save face but having the courage to say you know it's just not right for whatever reason and and to walk away and then for me it's not even so much about going through and analyzing what the other person did but it's about me looking at myself and what could I have done differently or what did I not do? What did I do? Was I really my best self? Was I ready? Um, and so again, for me, because it's, it's all about the lessons and I think they're everywhere and growing. So for me, um, divorce is, um, you know, it's not something I'm ashamed of. It's not something I hang my head about. It was a necessary part of my journey to become this woman that I am today. I, I wouldn't be this woman without that experience. Yes, yes. Going in it with a different perspective because I think right. a lot of us, I think it's like one of those things that's just been passed down generation to generation. You know, somebody was getting divorced, you know, we didn't talk about it, girl, don't say nothing. You know, in our culture, like, don't say nothing, but girl, girl, what? What's right. happening? You right. know, she getting divorced, and it's like everybody has this, like, you know, pillar of, you know, shame around you, like, no. I think we changed that narrative, baby, because we was tearing it up after we got the divorce. <laughs> Honey, I think people got the divorce because we made it look so good. <laughs> hey, life goes on. Life goes on. Can't let the grass grow under your feet. Cannot let the grass grow under your feet. People are like, are they going through a divorce or are they going through a midlife crisis? Honey. <laughs> Maybe a mixture. Maybe a mixture. <laughs> Honey, we cruised it up. We tubed it up. <laughs> we everything did in between. And everything in between. It was like, like you said, we let no gra- it was like we became teenagers that had babies like at 15. And then our kids finally went off to school. Everything <laughs> that we missed in between, we did it. Made like, up. We killed, we made up, we killed it. Okay, now S is dang. We're going to go to Austin one weekend. Okay, now we're going to go to the Texas thing. Like, do you remember that? Do you remember I remember. That? I remember. That was a great era. That was a great. That's why I said, <laughs> who can understand this divorce life? Because some people act like it's the curse. You know, like it's a right. curse. Like, you know, but really, you can really wear that D on your chest, and somehow it changes from being divorced to developed. For me, Absolutely. I would say, yeah, like, and like you said, it helped me become this woman that you see standing before you today. Like it developed, uh, it developed my character. I, I'm not as shallow as I used to be as it pertains to 
marriage and relationships and I look at things just a whole lot differently now. As you should. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. And it's not to and it's not to romanticize divorce, but I think it's understanding that it's not a death sentence either. Um, mm. You know, the, every, for everything, there's a purpose. And if you really work that process, I think you can come out better. Yes, yes, yes. So with that being said, what do you wish you had known before you walked in that thing? Well, I think for me, um, you know, I, I often say our childhood experiences, I think, really impact us and inform a lot of the things that we do as adults. And especially if we haven't worked through those things and, you know, there's not resolution and we haven't talked through, the, through those things and haven't really come to a sound, you know, understanding. So um, I grew up just really not seeing, um, you know, what traditional marriage looks like. And so I felt like I really kind of went in blind. You know, you get to this point where you're just like, I want to be married. Mm -hmm, I want to mm -hmm. be married. Hey, you know, and I already had the same year, got married the same year, and got yes. divorced the same year. So we, we were on the same wavelength in life. Yes. Months apart, you know, yes. uh, each one of those were months apart. And um, yeah, so, you know, you got to that point, you know, like, I just want to be married. Overlooked signs. And so I think one thing for me would have been you see these signs at the beginning early on. They are not something to just gloss over or to think that marriage will make them better. Um, I was listening to something today and it says, you know, marriage doesn't cause of uh, problems or cause issues. It highlights them. Mm. So it's, it's these things that we already have issue with within ourselves, but now you're in a space with someone else, another flawed individual. And so it highlights our, our deficiencies, our, our deficits, our idiosyncrasies. Um, and so I think for me, it would have been just the engaging with someone who was on the journey, who has already walked it, you know, an older, wiser person who would be transparent about their journey, you know, to say, look, don't ignore these red flags because they're not going to, they're not going to go they away. Just bringing another person in, yes. you know, it's not going to fix it. It's not going to make it better. No, because actually it amplifies it because Absolutely. when you're dating, you know, because, you know, I love long distance relationship. You know, they kind of work <laughs> for me after a divorce. They do. You know, I'm going to say 90 percent of them. And I don't want to say I've had a lot, but, you know, 90 percent right, right. of them <laughs> have been long distance. But I, 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 you know, some people are like, how can you do it? How can you do it? I do it for many reasons because A, it allows me to work on me, work, get some of this stuff that's going through my head out. Because I'm pretty sure if he were to see it on the daily, mm, him like, yeah, mm hmm, mm hmm. But two, right. it becomes, go back to my childhood, and I think I shared this with you 
it's comfortable right. for me because my own daddy was long distance. So it's right. really comfortable for me. I don't find, you know, some people find like strain and pain and I don't. I don't because it allows me to miss you. It allows me to, you know, get to know you, really get to know you on a mental level, on a spiritual level, than on another type of level, if you know right. what I mean. <laughs> right, right. Well, I just share with someone, like, you know, I've never been one to engage in long-distance relationships or dating, and, you know, recently that has kind of been something that has has become an option for me. And um, and I share, you know, it actually surprisingly is pretty cool. And it's for the reasons you just said. I'm like, well, there's no I'm not overwhelmed by it. I don't feel obligated, you know, to, to anything every day, every moment or if life gets busy or, you know, I can yes. work on whatever I need to work on. And then, you know, and I, what you're alluding to and I'll say and I said it, I said it takes the distraction of sex off the table where you realize, do I really like this person do or I is it really the sex? Like, yeah. Is it the, the touch? Is it the kiss? Is it the, this? Well, it removes all of that and you really get to figure out, do I really just like talking to this person? Do I like this person? Yes, because you know, we have, we talk often about relationships, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, and one thing that we both have kind of clarified with each other is and you said it kind of earlier one reason why we got married is because you know we thought okay it's time I'm with everybody else but I often you know romanticized right thing and so I went into this marriage blindly not really having a good clear idea of what it really entailed right And so I got in that thing like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, I'm going to say nobody really gets married to get a divorce. But I was like, oh, yeah. Mm, What happened to my Cinderella story? (laughs) Well, I heard something interesting. Again, this was today. And and I think there's a book by this title as well. But it says, you know, um, marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. And that often your spouse is the tool that is used to achieve that. So when you think about that, you're like, hmm, this might not be like the most comfortable thing. And not to say it's going to be bad, but for me, that means I can walk in with the expectation of challenge, challenge for me to become this better person, this my better self. But then you realize I'm sharing this space with this person every day on days when I might not like them very much. (laughs) But this is the tool that is being used to achieve, you know, a a larger purpose. Mm, I might not like you very much, but I still (laughs) love you at the end of the day. Right, right, right. You know, my grandfather often says, you know, people think marriage uh, is about love now this is very interesting he said this at my at their 50th wedding anniversary he said people think marriage is about love he said marriage is not about love marriage is about commitment which is so and it's a conscious let me let me 
Yeah. It's a daily. Daily. Yes. You got to die to yourself daily. It is definitely not about you. And if you make it about you, then you're going to end up like me. Hey. Because it's a lot of people who love each other who are not together. So it has to be something else. (laughs) It's a lot of people who love each other that are not together. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they overthink it? Is that what the problem is? I think that's a possibility. I think it's it's certainly one of the possibilities. That's, you know, something I struggle with. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Well, I think, um, first of all, I'm just analytical by nature. Mm -hmm. So any arena I'm in. Um, even on the GRE, the part that I knocked out the park was that part was the analytical piece. I'm analytical by nature. Um, and so then I think another part of that, again, is kind of, you know, my childhood piece. So, you know, I grew up without both of my parents. And so you think about this man and woman who should have been there and loved you from the very jump who should have been there. Well, mine were not there. And so I I think I have this innate distrust of love and people Mm -hmm. being there, which stems from that. Um, And so that's something that I battle with. And so when something comes along and it feels good or it seems like it might be too good to be true, I begin to question it um, because I don't initially trust that they're really going to be there. And so I began mm. to overanalyze the whole situation, which which can be very destructive. Um, I was gonna say very dangerous, right? Like right, right. Can make it. Right. So, right. so you keep your shoes on the side of the bed. You keep your running shoes <laughs> on the side of the bed at the top of your closet. <laughs> my my, they stay right in the bathroom, right in front of the sink. They right there. They stay right there, there, literally. Okay. They literally okay. stay right there. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. That takes time. You know, because see, when you go through this divorce process, because it's a process, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, some people think, you know, you it, it happens the day that the ink dries. No, it's just like marriage. It took a while. It takes a while to become one, you know, like right. one unit, one whole, you know, right. acting piece together. And it takes a while to separate yourself and your thoughts and your beliefs and you know, for me, I am an overanalyzer too. Like, I, baby, honey, I can get inside <laughs> my head. And when I get inside my head, baby, it'll be pretty. It'll be right. pretty. And it right. turns and it makes me super cautious, right? right. Like, super. Like, I, baby, you might as well think I ran for the track team at every school I've been at. Can't <laughs> run worth a nickel in Mexican money. Okay. But I kept, track shoes by the door by the bed in the closet at any given moment because right. I didn't want to get I, you know what I mean like I don't want to be back there again I don't want right. to get hurt like that again I don't want to do and then I just realized like just you know in 2018 I'm really not in a vulnerable space and maybe that's what made everybody else kind of like say you know what deuces I, you say you you know 
you're riding, but you're really not. You really just, you know, got a bike or something. You're not in this car with me. You're really not riding. And so right. I realized, you know, I had to go on and go see a counselor because some women are afraid to go and speak to somebody about that that deep innate thing. Because mine too stem back from my childhood as well. And like, let me just say that your childhood train issues drives your adult bus. And That's so hard. mine too stem back from my childhood. And I had to work through that. And then one interesting thing that she said that I take away and I, and I keep with me said like that one ticket, the wild card is love and fear can't reside in the same place. That's right. They could not. They cannot. So they cannot. And, 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 you know, you, you realize for me, like the very thing that I say I want, I actually kind of work against it. Mm. And it's because of the fear. You know, I told you, like Leandria Johnson's song, say, my heart can't take another break. And so, and you know, what we think about, what we become, what you spend your time thinking about. And so it becomes this process where you really have to change your mindset and your perspective and shift from focusing on, well, what if it doesn't? Well, what if I get hurt? Well, what if, you know, all of those negative what ifs to, but what if it does? What if, what if it's amazing? What if it's, you know, what? So it's like having to shift the lens that you're looking through um, to actually be able to to experience what it is that you say you want. But you got to get your mind right first. <laughs> like You got to get your mind right. And I'm all for therapy. I've been a few times like I'm all for it. Um, more of us need to go. <laughs> yes, we do. And, and be truthful with ourselves. Girl, I, I don't truthful. need a man. I don't need a man. You lying. You, uh, you lying. Because you're really out here looking and you wondering why, you know, ain't nobody came and asked you for your number. We all got those friends. Girl, because you out here looking thirsty. No, you out here looking broken. That's really what it is. Like, right. men, it's like they got that that, that that sixth sense that God gives men. Because he gives women a sixth sense, which is intuition. And then he gives men a sixth sense of a woman's brokenness. And it's like, it can smell like, you know, caca, or it can smell like roses, right? And they tend to <laughs> stick, they can just see it. I remember a time like when we were going out, like I was not approachable. Shit, I look sad. I looked like my, my heart was heavy. You do you remember? Right. Funny, right. funny, funny. Sad or uh, angry or bitter or like, oh, you women independent. I don't need nobody. Like, yeah. And I went through that. I went through that phase. I'm like, I don't need a man. Like, I don't need, I don't need, well, you know, uh, 40 plus, Mokisha does not say that. <laughs> like, that's a lie. That's that a lie. a lie and the truth ain't in you. And I want women to realize, and I say this every week, you can't get what you won't acknowledge. Verbalizing it is half of the battle. You know what I mean? Like, right. you gotta say, like, what it is you truly won't and it wasn't until I actually verbalized it because I went through that that stage too like I don't need no man I'm happy with where I am I'm gonna just do this no uh uh 
uh-uh. You know, I, I believe two is definitely better than one. Better on just your heart, um, company, um, friendship, laughter. Like, you know, who you up here laughing with? Yourself? Okay. All right. All right. No, that don't feel good. Not every single day. So, yeah, I just, I want women to understand that, you know, when you get into that space, you not you have to be able to recognize a that you need help b that you know it's okay to want somebody but you need to work through the process of getting all of that hurt and that pain so you won't drag it into the next relationship right. bag lady you gonna hurt your head yeah we become these bag ladies and we dragging stuff from one place to the next place and we want somebody else to help us carry and some luggage that they didn't even help to pack and um you know so yeah we have to do our own work and also be be ourselves we need to be what it is we seek in a man so I want this man who has it all together this man who has but I'm not even a representation of that myself right so yeah. I want his credit to be A1. I want this, this, right. I want that. I, and you got a 400 credit score. Girl, bye. Like, I want right. us to be like, you know, like, and you're right. What you're seeking is seeking you. But you really should be realistic and what you're seeking. You know what I mean? Like, just right. like you want a man with a 850 credit score, but you 450, what is he going to do with that if y'all trying to build a dynasty and an empire together like you know he wants children you want none so why waste his time right. because he's a good potential he's a good catch right. like nah like you need to be very aligned and see this old selfish me prior to marriage thought that way okay well whatever but now I think in the terms of we you know that like I said my D went on my chest went from divorce to develop because I think you know, long term, I think with him in mind, I think, you know, how would this affect our future? Will I be, do I even want to build an empire with this man? Is this man even worthy of my time? Right. My self-love increased after going through right. it. I found my worth. What, what would you say? Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, it's like, it's what, what will you do with the process? You know, you will only get out of it what you put into it. And so are you willing to do the work? And that's with anything. That's not even just with divorce. Like that's that's, that's just a life lesson. So what are you going to do with it? Um, and then another piece you said, you know, I wanted to touch on and I saw this recently, but we have to be stop being vague, so vague about what we want. And mm-hmm. that that when I saw it, it jumped off the page, off the page like in, in in flashing lights, like it was screaming my name. Because what that is, though, is it's just a mechanism to 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 try to be safe. You know, I'm gonna be vague to try to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you said if you're not specific about you want about what you want, you can't even measure it. You don't even know if you've achieved it. You don't even know if you've attained it. You don't know what what yardstick are you measuring yourself against? What what's the metric? Like you have no idea, but that's a, that's another piece of the fear. 
on what you said mm-hmm. just a minute ago. Like they can't reside love and fear. Like they can't reside in the same space. Um, but we all do. We have to be willing to put in the work and really hold that mirror up and look at it ourselves and really do engage in some real self-reflection about our own junk, our own stuff, and be willing to do whatever it takes for us to achieve whatever it is that we're we're trying to achieve. It can be done, but we have to be willing to to do what's necessary to get there. Mm. But yeah. So yeah, divorce for me wasn't um, you know, it was it, it had its ugly moments. Um and it's definitely, you know, cycles and stages, but I'm a better woman for it on the back end. I think it would have been horrible for me to have stayed in it. Like, what would I be like had I stayed? Um, how would it have affected my children? You know, so what would that be like? And so, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. But you have to make a decision to change that D from divorce to developed. Mm. The Divorce Diaries of Mo and Charlie. Yes, honey. Mo and Charlie. Mo and Charlie. Do you remember that? How I shouted on on the cruise ship? See, the stories that you know and the stories that everybody else know. (laughs) <laughs> yes that was a hurt woman I forgot what song that was but I just oh I will survive I will survive Ooh. you started shouting I started shouting like I was at church <laughs> <laughs> thank you Lord thank you because the yeah. word see what's that it says uh, when, you're, when you in love you listen to the beat but when your heart is broken you, hear the you words. listen to the words baby that's right that's right. That song is old as I am. But when right. she said, I will learn how to love and I know I stay alive. I got right. all my life to live. I got all my, got all my to love live. to give. I yeah. survive. Yes. See, life, life, life is a great teacher. That's just like the that's just like the songs in church. You know, you just sing them and sing them and sing them. But when you have some life experiences, those words carry a whole new meaning. And it had a whole new meaning. I know you you was tickled, but see, I really listened to those. But I understood. Yes. (laughs) I think that was my bridge. I think that's when things started to turn around for me. I think that's when the fun Charlie was starting to say, adios, deuces. Yo, you you are so much worth than what you even giving yourself credit for. You know what I mean? Like, you will learn how to love you are not a bad girl. Like that song affirmed me that yeah. day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's so important that you affirm yourself after going through such it's death. It literally is. That's exactly death. what it is. Yeah. It's exactly. You know, I say to people all the time, marriage is the joining, you know, you you become one. And so divorce is ripping that apart. So imagine you know somebody ripping your limb off your body that's painful that hurts that's gonna hurt and so divorce is a painful process because what was joined together as one is now being ripped apart Mm. that's painful Mm -hmm. let somebody come rip your arm off your body what you think it's gonna feel like 
<laughs> yeah, no, whip your hair out your head. Whip your hair, like yeah. Look, what what you, what you think it's gonna feel like? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I got to bring you back for the divorce diaries, honey. Divorce diaries. Thank you so yes, much for yes, joining me, yes. sister. Thank you for having me, sister. Well, you know, we gonna just go out here and change the world, just. You know, reprogram people thinking about, you know, the taboo of divorce because it ain't that taboo. That's right. It's wonderful. That's right. When it's done the right way because it will change your perspective. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's, we're not the first ones, unfortunately, weren't the last ones. And so the the goal is to try to get it right the first time. But, if that happens to not be the case, it's not the end of the world. It's about what you do with that process. And on that note, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Thank you, Dr. Be Real, for your nuggets of wisdom. Ladies of Confluence, please go like, follow, and share her information. You heard her say it. You have to do the work and go through the process. Do the work. Divorce is like death, but you will love again, try again, date again, laugh again, and please remember the D on your chest will no longer mean divorced, but developed. When you come to your senses and realize that the relationship is over, it is hard to get used to the solo life initially. Some say it takes about two years, but I say it takes more for a divorce to finally reach the end of the road for you to feel normal again. In your season of singleness, be sure to heal, including talking out your feelings, take classes, go to therapy, and even attempt to date again. You will know when you are ready. You must go through the process because what you don't heal in your singleness will spread like a disease in your togetherness. Holding on to regrets and bitterness will keep you from moving forward. And the goal, my dear friends, is to move from that place. I want to give you a tidbit of advice that changed my life. If you are going through this season, I will implore you to keep a journal. Actually, that's my advice to all women, women that are single, women that are going through divorce, women that are struggling in their marriage, women with their children, keep a journal. Writing about your emotional struggles may reduce your pain. I swear by it because writing saved my life. It's a song to say, the DJ saved my life. Hey, I don't know if that's Madonna or somebody, but literally the DJ saved her life, but writing saved mine. My journal during my divorce era turned into my first book, From the Floors to the Forest, where I challenge women to think deep before they leap into marriage because I didn't. Keeping a journal helps people with their post-traumatic stress disorder and a divorce is a traumatic stress. 
Those who written about disturbing experience showed a significant improvement in their moods and responses to memories of what happened because they're no longer carrying that baggage around. Check it so you won't wreck it. Unpack your baggage when you get home. Don't keep carrying that in the next relationship. If nothing else works, journaling after a few days, it actually tracks your healing. And even when I go back and look at old journals from even high school, I'm like, wow, look at how far I've come and how much I've grown. This too shall pass. When you can tell your story and it doesn't make you cry, you know you've been healed. Yes. Well, that's it for me this week. I have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. I hope you have too. Until next time, be blessed and a blessing to others. Smooches.